0: you, while you remain standing, turn to Second Peter chapter number 1, Second Peter, <coughs> excuse me, chapter number 1, way up by Revelation, Second Peter, chapter number 1, I will read out loud if you'll follow along with me silently, we're going to continue on in these things, uh, which is what we've been studying, these things, okay, so we'll continue on in these things, See how I did that? Okay. Very good. 2 Peter chapter number 1, starting in verse number Actually, I want to start at verse number 1. Simon Peter, a servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's talking to born-again Christians, and he spells it out right there. Now watch this very carefully. I didn't know if you caught this in your reading. Grace and peace multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God, of our of, of Jesus our Lord. According his divine power hath he given to us things that pertain unto life. That's not eternal life. That's this life. Because watch what he's talking about here. Through the knowledge of him. You don't go to heaven through knowledge. You go through heaven through faith. So watch what he says. That hath called us into the glory, to, to glory and to virtue, whereby giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. He's not talking about heaven. He's not talking about earning the divine nature. He's talking about you have that divine nature, and here's what you need to do about it, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So he's talking about in this world. The things we're talking about, these things and these promises that he's talking about has to do with now, down here, not up there. Okay, I I don't need these promises when I get to heaven. I I don't need these things when I get to heaven. Everything we're studying about is right here now. So when you're reading this, like, man, I can't do that. In order to get to heaven, I'll stand a chance. He's not talking about heaven. He's saying now that you have eternal life because of verse number 2 and 3, these things, Okay. Go to verse number four. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, here's where we started. Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, or each one of these, you could say, add to your if you wanted diligence. Add to your faith virtue, uh, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge. See how they add one to another. You you don't pick and choose. We, we've already talked about this. There is a Each one of these is the next step that has to be added to. All of them start with faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You have to have something to add these to, and it starts with faith. So if you're not saved and you don't believe the Lord, you're not going to do this. It has to start there. So watch what he says. In verse number five, the middle, he said, add to your faith virtue. So what's first? Faith. Then you start adding these things to that faith. And virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, we'll talk about tonight, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these be in you and abound, we're not talking about heaven, we're talking about down here. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, be diligent there's that word, diligent. Okay, do it as quickly and as right as possible. Do it right, but do it quickly. Don't have all day to waste. To make your calling and election sure. For if the for if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, Peter's talking about his body, to stir you up, putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath shown me. He told him that back in, if you would, biblically in John chapter 21. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always with you father thank you for the bible thank you for your bible thank you for the word of god without it would be all guesswork we'd just be like most people in the world anymore just reasoning logic knowledge of our own human knowledge trying to piece together what we think god wants and what he doesn't want what pleases him and what doesn't please him we can skip all of that by simply applying the bible getting our nose in this book and saying what does god want how do i go about it what did he say? If we do that, we have the word of God. May we depend on it. May we learn from it. Help me tonight to help your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, before we get started, I want you to grasp once again what God is offering to every individual Christian. He is offering to us these six almost, seriously, if he not not mention this, almost unbelievable, unbelievable promises. These six promises. God's offering to his kids these unbelievable problems that we that we have already talked about. If you miss that, you'll have to go back on YouTube or whatever and get it. Okay, and the conditions to receiving these six things relies on the individual Christians. Whether the rest of the church and rest of Christianum doesn't do it or not, you can still do it. They can still be yours. So it's to the individual Christian, not the group Christian, not the church as a whole, uh, not the local assembly, but to you as individuals. And here's what he said: the individual Christian has to add. These things, he has to add these things to his life. And by the way, they have to be in you and abound. Abound means overflowing, noticeable. Boy, look at that. Uh, That guy's patient. That guy has knowledge. These things here, they're overflowing. It's not like, huh, that's kind of like that. No, I think he's missing one or two. Not talking that way. We're talking about something that is in you and abounding. Now, once the Christian has added these seven, has to start with faith, these seven these things into his life, he does not then have to try to acquire the promises because these things is what will produce Amen. the promises in your life. Amen. Do you understand that? Amen. Okay, so the part we have to work at is not getting the promises. The part we have to work at are these things. Amen. If we have these things, if they be in you and abound, they make you that. You understand? Amen. Right? So if uh, this is the part we need to work on are these things. The promises is the non-fat, extra crispy, uh, yeah. good for your heart fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah. But we got to figure out how do we get that. That's the ingredients. Yeah. That's the that's the how do we get it right. The promises is if you would the fried chicken, yeah. they're great. I can't believe, unbelievable that you can get that kind of fried chicken. All right, yeah. and so therefore, how do we get that? Everybody wanted to know how Colonel Sanders made their extra crispy chicken. Then somebody came out and put it online and said, here's how you go about it. Here are the steps to making it. Here are the ingredients. Because everybody wanted the product. We needed to know how to go about getting the product. This is what God is holding in front of us. Here are the promises, and they're for anybody and everybody when you add these things. So I'm going to work at this so I can get this. You follow me? that makes sense to everybody? Okay, so here's what's happening. You do not work at the promises. You work at these things, just like I said. And then if you do that and add it to you, then these are guaranteed promises of God that make any difference anybody else in the world, does it or not. God is offering this to you as an individual Christian. And I don't know about you, but there's several things here that I think about this. First of all, I could use more Christian character. And that's what this is really all about. Is simply the character of Christ that I need to have in me. And I, for one, probably not you, could use more Christian character. Secondly, having these things would make me more useful, I would think, to God and his purpose down here. So I'm for that too. Everybody should be for that, right? Number three, whether these great promises came along with these things or not, adding these would simply be right and a blessing to myself and everybody more patient, right, more knowledge, All of this, whether the promises came with it or not, however God said they do, this would be to my benefit. It would be to everybody's benefit just for me to have that. And then fourth, the Christian that diligently adds these things wins all the way around. Character increases, you get these promises, you're more benefit to other people, on and on and on and on. So I don't know why anybody, yeah, but here's our problem. Our problem is this. Christians need to quit using their old nature as an excuse on they can't. God didn't put this in there and said, now you real elect people. This might be for you. No, it's for anybody, anybody. But we have a tendency to use our sinful nature, whether it's a lack of faith, whether it's a, a background or a I'm not that smart, whatever it is, we use that as saying, "I can't do these things, but I want those promises." God says, "That's not true." Right. Quit right. using your old nature to stop yourself from acquiring the great gifts that God has for you. When you do not forgive somebody, for example, it is your flesh dominating you. Right. You can, God said, it. You need to, and you can. Amen. So when you don't, what do you think is stopping you from being able to do that? It's your flesh. Yep. God wants you to forgive. Jesus set the example of forgiving. God commands us to forgive. All of these things God tells us to do, so why don't we? Our flesh hates it. Anything that God is for, your flesh is against. You have to keep that in mind. Okay, we're talking about these things. Who or what would not want you to do this? World, flesh, devil. Right? Right? None of those are for this. You start adding these things, and they start being in you and abounding. These promises, you're going to be hard to stop. You'll be very influential for the cause of Christ. When we are not long-suffering, make all the excuses and show all the circumstances that you want to. The truth of the matter is when you are not long-suffering, which has to do with what? People. Thank you. No, don't shout at me all at once. Uh, People, the reason that we're not that way, we blame circumstances and other things, but actually it's just our flesh having dominated us about something God wants us to do. If God said long-suffering comes from yielding to the Spirit, you walk in the Spirit, you not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So therefore, the only reason we're not long-suffering, we're not walking in the Spirit. Because when you do that, that is a fruit of the Spirit. Right? comes as a cluster, right? Okay, so there we go. Now, we as Christians must begin to believe God's Word. Uh, I know it's hard to do. There are things in here that are just... Absolutely unbelievable, like my salvation. You may think, well, no, I know why. I I know why he did this. I just don't believe it. Believing it means it's just hard for me to accept that he'd do that for me. That's what I mean by that. You understand? I I can explain to you in the Bible why he did it, why he had to do it, how he did it. I I can explain that. But it doesn't make sense to me. If it makes sense to you, uh, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Because... Scarcely for a good man some would dare to die, the Bible says. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, that doesn't make sense. Don't tell me that makes sense to you. I understand why he did it and that he chose to do it, but it doesn't make sense to me. So these kinds of things here, we have to get back to, if God said it can be done, it can be done. That is faith. Faith is not just believing it. God is saying, okay, that's what God said. Now I'm going to do it. We say step out by faith. You just said, this is what I believe God wants, and now I'm going to step. So faith and actions, faith without works is dead. You can believe the Bible, quote the Bible. You quote the whole Bible if you want to. It ain't going to do you a bit of good other than knowledge and lording over probably other people who don't know as much as you do. But if God said it can be done, it can be done. If God said stop this, we ought to stop that. Why? Because God Almighty said so. Does that make sense? Okay, see, we have this rebellious nature that we just don't want to go along with that. If God says this is something you need to learn, then that's something you need to learn. We've got to quit saying, yeah, but I'm just not that way. What a cop-out. All of us were lost on our way to hell, blind, and being used by the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, all of a sudden, we're thinking for ourselves. We're claiming our own. We're Indian givers, what we are. I'm sorry, Native American givers. Okay, same thing. Okay, that's what we are. And so what happens here is I want to talk to you tonight about brotherly kindness, okay? And so we left off last week uh, with the, the one here and it said brotherly kindness. and Before that one was godliness. We talked about that, I believe, last week. Uh, here it is. Ready? Brotherly kindness, in case you want to take notes or you guys can memorize everything. Friendly, cheerful, courteous. That sounds like all of us, right? I didn't mean when you're around preacher. Oh. Yeah, even the kids in school know that. So when, when they that be you? Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, when I come around, every teacher goes, preacher, they act different when you're around. It's just too bad we can't actually see and believe Jesus is with us all the time. Yeah. I bet we'd act different. Yeah. I bet we really would be friendly, cheerful, and courteous. Yeah. And not just toward the people we like. Toward everybody. So what happens? It seems so obvious and simple and basic. I mean, why would we even talk about this? Courteous, cheerful, right? And and, 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 and friendly. It just why are we doing those? All of us know we ought to be friendly. All of us know we ought to be cheery. Yeah. Even on Thursday. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh except Thursday, right? We forgot about that one, okay. <laughs> and courteous to each other. Courteous, fellas, is not just getting the door. That is nice. Right, yeah, write that down. But less and less Christians seem to have this quality in them and abounding. See, when it abounds, you're not even thinking about it. You just do it. Because it's right. It's part of my character now. You understand? Uh, This quality becomes a part of your character, and when it becomes a part of your character, it just seems to exponentially start growing because it's just you now. You do it everywhere you go. You don't have, I forgot. I do this. Oh, again, I mean you don't do that. It just becomes a part of you. I can hear the excuses. I'm just not the outward-friendly type. Okay, let me get it straight. God said yes, but you're an exception to the rule. Now, what happened was the way you've been trained the way you believe, or the way you have accepted that you are that way. So if God said you need to change that, you don't think you could? We don't want to. Yeah, right. We feel comfortable in our shyness. We feel comfortable in our in our own little, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a man on an island type. We, we feel comfortable there. We don't like it a lot of times because we mope around. Everybody has friends At me. You chose to be that way. The Bible said if a man would have friends, let him first show himself to be friendly. So God is telling you, you can be friendly. You can actually have friends. I know that's strange to some of you, but you can actually do it. Yeah. And so what are we talking about here? I can hear those excuses. It's just not me to be cheerful. Okay, that may be true. Uh, no, that's not true. I I tell the staff, when I come in here in the morning, believe it or not, now at the end of the day it's not always this way, but I try real hard. When I come in the morning, you'd be hard-pressed to ever find me not being try to be morning how you doing and they all stand up and salute and wait wait to be seated um, that's what makes me happy so anyway make all the excuses you want justify to others all you want to brotherly kindness watch is one of these things that if you want those promises this has to be and you you can't set that one aside that's just not me okay then you can't have any of these promises these things are All of these things is what automatically gives you those promises. You can't work at these promises. These promises come along with these things. I'm working at these things. One of these things is brotherly kindness. So if I want to skip that part, make excuse for me, then forget the whole thing because it comes as a package deal. Everybody follow me still? Okay, very good. So brother means this. Uh, Brotherly kindness is one of those things. Brother, any, ready? This is important. Any common tie which binds us together. Any common tie that binds us together. Now I'm going to give you some illustrations here in a minute. Kids at the Anchor Baptist School. Brotherly kindness. You know why? The school binds you together. You say we're all from different families, but the school binds you together. You have a common tie called the Anchor Baptist School. Okay, church same way. Family same way. So when you get to thinking a little deeper about this, does it start to make sense why there's such a fight against families, marriages, churches, church schools? Because God is for it. Then who would be against that? World, flesh, and the devil. That's why all the commotion in here. That's why we need to abound in these things. Bus workers, the same way. You have a common thing that ties you together, and it's the bus. You all work on the bus. So when you show up there, you should be kind, courteous, cheerful. Yes. Coffee will help you do that too. That's good. There, you're welcome. This church binds us together with a common bond. Brotherly means any common tie that binds us. Any common tie that binds us. Remember, understand. He's talking to Christians. Okay. So OSU football. No, sorry. You got a stadium of a hundred thousand people that aren't even born again. Kindness means friendly, cheerful, and courteous. So any, any tie that any anything that ties us together in a common bond, we need to show this particular type of kindness. Friendly, cheerful, and courteous. So we'll talk about that. Let's talk about family. Talk about family? I'm going to anyway. So God is saying, just in case you want these promises, just go back and read them for yourself. The one for me is just the, you'll never fall. That is so hard for me to believe. I can't work at that. But if I have these things, that comes with it. You have to understand how powerful these things are. They actually will keep you from falling. These things will. I hope this is making sense to you. You're going to have to have an abounding, courteous attitude with your mom and dad. If you still live at home, he's talking to you. You have a common tie. If you're living in your home, you have a common tie. Turn, turn that up a little bit. So you, get cold here. you have a common tie. It's called family, home. Now, if the kids are gone or whoever's gone, uh, that's not a part of that tie anymore. It's a common bond that comes together for a, a, a common, uh, a, it's a tie that binds us together in a common place or with a common uh, family, um, church, those kinds of things, okay? Uh, And so what he's talking about here, you're going to have to be friendly and cheerful, you ready for this, and courteous, to brothers and sisters. You juniors and teenagers who are being unjust in your relationship, who treat others' moms and dads better than you treat your own, is unjust and sinful. It's wrong, flat out wrong. Who are friendlier towards kids and other families than your own brothers and sisters. Who when around your own brothers and sisters are not cheerful, show no courtesy, you're not right with God. You can't be because this is one of the qualities God said I want in you. You cannot be, and I know there's excuses coming up right now. There's reasons why not right now. I'm talking about in your home. If they're spread out all over the world, that's you don't have a common tie together. They're gone. Okay? I'm talking about in the home. And I've seen it here. It used to be a lot worse than it is now. Either are you hiding it a whole lot better. This thing about treating your family, your brothers and sisters, your mom and dad right. I'll say it again and again. If you are not right in your relationship with your mom and dad and your brothers and sisters, the ones that you have a common bond with in your home, you're not right. I don't care what your age is. Yep. According to the Bible, you are considered to be a child as long as you still live in your parents' home. Yes, sir. You yes. sound 45. Glad to meet you, child. <laughs> D- I didn't mean that towards you. So, so this is what he's talking about here. Whether you are the best soul winner in the world, best Sunday school teacher in the world, best bus worker in the world, if you are not right in your relationships that God says you're supposed to have, Amen. not only are you not going to receive these gifts, these promises, they're not yours. Not only that, you're disobeying God in treating other people. How is it you can treat people that you don't know well? It always amazes me about a pastor. Uh, I'm amazed. Um how that, somebody can come in, they don't have anything, they don't know anything, you give them everything, you watch over them, you pray for them, you help make ends meet, you get them a job, you you help get them started in life. They meet a new person two years later, they take off with them. Does that seem right? Seem fair? Oh, wait a minute. You've known me all those years. So either you're bored with me. No, that can't happen. Uh, or you have simply decided there's not a tie that binds us together but there should be we need a revival in our homes yeah, concerning these things proper treatment of each other just what's right, we're not teaching this anymore. we're not teaching All our right. children respect we're not teaching our children how to act we've gotten into this modern day philosophy of well they're not hurting anything I don't care it's not proper yeah, mom why because it's not proper that's a real good reason and so we need to start teaching that again. I, I despise and I hate the worldly unbiblical phrases such as this. They fight like brothers and sisters. I hate that. Yeah. Why? why? Why do they fight like brothers and sisters? Because the world has told us that's what they do. Right. And shame on us for giving them the fuel and the ammunition to say, see, yeah. we shouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't like the children do not appreciate their mom and dad till they get out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? It's not according to the Bible. Amen. Something's wrong. Yeah. How about this? They know how to treat others properly. So, what are you saying? Not at the house? Not with each other? If anybody, you, here's what we do. I say to you, uh, Christ comes before family, and you bristle. Family comes above everything, except when you're at home. Yeah. You hate each other, you can't get along with each other, you yeah. pout, you run off to your room, uh, you'd rather have other friends than your own brothers and sisters. I mean, this is what we do a lot of time. It sickens me to talk with many people and parents, the way they wonder, how how wonderful, they they, they get to wondering about this, how to act at church. You know how to do that. How to act at somebody else's house. You know how to do that. How to be cheerful at school. You figured that out too. How to be kind to other people. You did that too. Talking about juniors, talking about children, that's what I'm talking about. And yet you act completely different at home. You stare back at your mom and dad. You wouldn't do that in my house, but you do. You ignore requests and demands from your parents. Requests and demands. Do you know what I always considered a request to be? A kind command. Yes. I don't want to demand. I don't want to command. You know what I'd like for you to do? You know what that really is? That's a kind command. Yes. I just want to see if you care enough that I don't have to demand and command you to do it. You haven't figured that one out yet. Saying hurtful, spiteful things to your parents, your brothers and sisters. I don't care for you, and I don't like you. If I ever see you again, what in the world do you think you're doing? Never saying thank you, please let me help. Always keep home in an uproar like everything revolves around you. talking about kids. Kid, everything I'm telling you I know happens. It's just strange when my kids are in my home. You say, well, yeah, you're the Gestapo. Uh, you wouldn't know that until you disobeyed me. Normally, women are way too easy on children. Men a lot of times are too strict. But you put those together, it's a pretty good balance. If mom and dad agree. Always keep the homeroom fuss and fight with the other kids right up until time you walk through the church doors. No? You don't think I see that stuff? You come in here, you don't want to participate, you're pouting, but your parents made you come anyway, didn't they? Good for mommy and daddy. Bad for you. Brotherly kindness, being kind, courteous, and cheerful with anyone and everyone that we have a common tie. I suppose that would start with mom, dad, and my brothers and sisters, right? Two things. Parents who ignore or give in to this type of behavior are doing a grave injustice to your children. And you'll figure that out when they finally marry. They still pout. They still throw tantrums. They still push their way around. They won't forgive. They won't give in. This is the problem with us older people. Was what we were not taught or what we taught was right that wasn't right. But now that you're an adult, you have nobody to blame. I'm an adult and God said here's what you need to do as one of my children so these are things within so you have to understand the future of their spouse can you imagine what they're going to have to put up with that little brat uh, that child of yours they pout and you allow that they talk back and you just kind of whatever they'll learn no no that's where you come in that is your job you're supposed to help them not just not do wrong you're supposed to also teach them what's right what's right Pouting's not right Pouting means I don't like what's going on right now. Get over it. What's up with that? It also, you're injuring the cause of Christ and you're doing injury to your child themselves. Quit being so lazy, selfish. I wrote all this down. Make sure I hit everything. Disobedient to God's word and train the child up in the way they should go. Or one day they're going to sit in church like some of you are now going, do this, they should already be at this and past this stage right now. Many of us should be, yeah, yeah. but we haven't been taught, and we're used to making excuses for our inadequacies. Actually, you're making excuses for your flesh on why I can't mind God. If you're a born-again Christian, greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Amen. You need to fight for this, Amen. and when you do, you're going to find out you're much more attractive. Hold it, not in your looks, uh, as a Christian. Okay, maybe your looks too. All right, number two. Let's talk about the child. Okay. The child, if you think, so what? What are they going to do, kill me if I disobey? If your children ever come to that line, you've already lost them. Yeah, right. Or you could surprise them and kill them. And that'll catch them off guard, won't it? What are they going to do, beat me to death? My kids thought I might. <laughs> oh, you think that's terrible, don't you? Your kids know you won't, so what do they do? Think about you when you were, no, don't do that. We don't want to go work. No. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 30, the Bible said, he that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. You're going to destroy yourself. You're helping your child as they get older to destroy their own life for Christ and probably injure other people because you didn't train them right. Proverbs 15, 10 says, Correct, correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh away. You want to know why your kids get so upset about doing things that are right? Because they don't want to. It's grievous to them. They don't want to go that route and say, "He hateth, and he that hateth reproof shall die." No. This is not optional. This is what God says. Right. Yeah, you understand? All of you with little kids standing back there again tonight, the just looking, going, "Good grief! Look at all these kids around here." Can you imagine when they all become teenagers? Now, I'm not going to be here, but just think what you're going to have. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And I was talking to, I, I think it was Laura. Looking at all these kids, and I'm thinking to myself, we got every, we have yellow, green, and yellow, black, and white. Put them together, watch them fight. We have all of these kids, and they don't even notice. They don't know, but like Jordan Mullins growing up here, I'm black. What? <laughs> you know why? Because way his mommy taught him. Yeah. You don't grow up in the world today thinking that. Yes. Somebody taught you what was right and wrong, and you bought into right. that. The same thing with the Bible. So here in Proverbs. uh, chapter 11, verse 3, the second part, the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. The more we go against what God wants and we think we're exceptions and we're not going to do that, we'll do what we want, no matter how perverse it is, God said you'll destroy yourself. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, verse 5, the second part, the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. So you're setting your children up to be destroyed and to fail. Because we're too lazy to stay at it and keep teaching. Being parents is not easy, is it? Oh, it would be great to have kids. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. First of all, God said yes. So that's good. The problem we run into is when we have our own mind of how to raise children, and God has a different one. If you're God's child, this is what you're supposed to be doing. It's not what you think or what you like or don't like. God has raised more children than you ever thought about, or your pediatrician, or your grandmother. Or your mommy. There's a lot of things parents did that was wrong that when you get in the Bible, you go, it's not what my mom said, let God be true and every man a liar. Yes. It has to be God's way. You have to give it all to God in order to do that. So use. it's used in family ties. Number two, it's used concerning neighbors. Uh, let's talk about Neighbors. You may be surprised, I know what that meant, you may be surprised, which ones? Uh, you may be surprised to find out just how friendly, I didn't say fundamental, So how friendly folks can be if you would be courteous and cheerful and kind. Not everyone is out to get you. Nor do I believe every time you talk to your neighbors, you have to quote Bible, I always put my big black Bible carrot while I'm mowing, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you say? Oh, do you really? No, it's not. No, and you shouldn't either. Uh, so, in case you fall over, you hurt your Bible. I don't want to do that. Not everyone's out to get you. Nor as soon as they you find out that they disagree with you, yeah. they become your enemies. That right. yeah. just doesn't. When I first move into a neighborhood, or when I first got a job, somehow long before I got there, everybody knew preacher was moving in. Does that go to if that were you, would that, be, would that be good notice or bad notice for you? But just the way the world thinks, oh, what does this mean? What kind of weirdos moving in next door, across the street. So when you come by my house and you see the way my lawn and stuff is taken care of, I'm not doing that to show off. I'm doing that so give them no reason. To think badly of preachers. By the way, you're a Christian. What's your yard look like? What's your car look like? What's your clothes look like? Okay, let's go back to the kids. What do your kids look like? Everyone already knew I was a pastor, I was moving in, and I'm very busy, especially on my day off. Uh, I like to work in my yard, and I don't have a lot of time. What used to, I used to do four, three or four major things in a day. Now I'm lucky to get one major thing done a day. And so I, I'm very busy, especially in the summertime. So on purpose, if I do not, I got a neighbor that moved in next door last winter to get a lot of chance to talk to him. So this year I did. One thing I noticed rather bad, he had on a veteran's hat. First time I met him, I went next door and tried to witness to him. He goes, right, I already have a church. And then I remember, I do that. One line answer is undone. But when I thought about him, I thought, well, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> See what he just did? That wasn't very nice. That's what I do when people come to the door. First of all, I don't like to answer the door. I'm like Brother Celia. I don't even know why I do. Honey, somebody's at the door. I'm not going to answer it. You get the door. So people stand outside and listen to this conversation. Nobody's home. Honey, tell them nobody's home. I'm not going to tell them nobody's home. You tell them nobody's home. <laughs> on purpose, because of that, I have to visit my neighbors on purpose. And here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm digging for a new tree or I'm spreading mulch and it's 90 degrees outside. I really don't want to stop and talk to you. But that's not very friendly, is it? Not very courteous. Not very kind. So if I don't do it on purpose, it's just not me. Ring any? Hmm, okay. So what happens here? Now, please don't misunderstand me. My wife and I do not go to the... We first moved in. People from down the street came over. I think it was around Christmas or Thanksgiving or something. Oh, we're glad you moved in. Hello, we're these people, you're that people. And I actually invited them in, which kind of shocked me too. And they walked in the house, because you never know what you're inviting in until you know people. And uh, so just think about that when you knock on the door and go, Hello, I'm from Anchorage Church. And uh, so I said, Come on in. And they said, Yeah, we're all having a big get-together. I don't know, what was it it New Year's? New Year's, okay. And they said, Yeah, we'll just all get together and meet and greet. We'll have a little wine. They didn't know I was a preacher yet. And I said, Oh sounds like a good time. Um now I, I passed a church. It got real quiet. You could actually hear people gulping. I didn't throw up my Bible or cross, you know, and pull out. My, you know, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I just said we we might stop by, you know. But we don't go to barbecues. Do you know what you know what worldly people do at barbecues? What do they do? See exactly right. See? And Eve, how'd you know that? Yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't figure out one thing to say, can you? Yeah, okay. <laughs> we don't go to dinner, because once you go to dinner at their house, uh, now you're kind of stuck. What do you do before all the food's on the table? You talk. I'm in their house. They can talk about what they want to. It's their house. So we don't do that. Just, you know something? We're really busy on that night. I can be nice about it, can I? And still make a right excuse. We don't hang around centers. We don't go to parties just to show we're friendly. You mess up when you do that. And so uh, we don't just sit around the yard and talk. May I ask you, in order to be a good fundamentalist, do we have to call everybody a queer that we meet? When joggers come by, do we have to turn our dogs loose or we're not good fundamentalists? When older ladies are coming by, do we tell the kids to go out and trip them? I mean, what do we do? Are, we're not good fundamentalists if we don't if we're not mean and deaf. Do we have to tell everybody exactly what we think? Yeah, D- yeah we do. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Is there a hidden philosophy or teaching in the Bible that says we're not allowed to be courteous, kind, or cheerful? Is there some? If I did, I missed it. Maybe it's in there. I didn't see it. Now, you probably read through your Bible more than I have. There's one person here who's read the Bible more than I have, and that's my wife. Now, you may. I just don't know who you are. She didn't find it either because she's not courteous and she's not kind. Anyway. That's the wrong time to clear your voice, buddy. You're new here. You behave yourself. Most of us in Christianity, our character is lacking and our attitude stinks. Brotherly kindness is used concerning families and neighbors. And let's talk about church people. Oh, yeah. Right? Church people. All church people ought to be cheerful. You ever notice how we use what the world did to us to bring it in here as an excuse on why our attitude stinks? It's not because of what other people did to you here or the church here. It's what they did and you thought you'd bring it in here. Besides that, men love to complain about how tough they are. What that, that, ma'am, that's where you come in. You're their cheerleader. Honey, you did such a great job. Man, I'm worn out. I'll tell you, I'm fed up. Yeah, but you're a great guy. See, that's what you do. He, What he's doing, he's doing this. No, honey, not really. No, 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 it's not that way. To, oh, honey, you really are. He keeps telling you, look, I don't want to hear that. Yes, you, yes he does. Lady, look at me. Yes, he does. Men love to be bragged on. Women love to be adored. And things bought for him. But anyway, so, all church people ought to be cheerful, courteous, kind. I know what you're thinking about. How others treat you is why you don't in return. Right? We use that, we've used that excuse until it's like leather on the bottom of our shoes, all worn out. I just came up with that. So, all infantile, carnal Christians think that way. Why should I? When they, I'm sorry. That's not what the Bible. Bible teaches me do unto others as you would have them. It didn't say do unto others then split. Uh, do unto others then hurry and leave. Uh, do unto others and then uh, before they do it to you, it doesn't say that at all. What it actually says is do unto others as you would have others do. Well, you don't know what they did. That's not what it says. There are no conditions on this. It says do unto others as you would have. How would you like others treat you? And then I always like the proud man. It goes like a. I just want them to tell me straight. If they don't like me, tell me. No, you don't. Right. And besides that, that's not kind. It's not courteous. It's not cheerful. So you're wrong on that level also. Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. And therein lies the problem. I, I didn't even turn this on, did I? Wake up up there. Okay. Okay, you're awake now? Okay, wonderful. Now, Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. You know what the problem is a lot of people? Don't, don't read into this the wrong. We really don't love ourselves. We don't like what we are. We don't like what's been done to us. We don't like where we're headed. We don't like where we're at. We don't like us, so why in the world would I like you? We never say that, but the Bible says love others as you love yourself, and maybe you are. That's the problem. should be at a totally different level, but you're just not there yet. You see, the move and the responsibility is on us, not on them. God gave you that authority and that I can obey God whether the rest of the world doesn't or not. It's up to me, so I can't blame other people. Showing up for bus route early, already ready to cut somebody's head off. I mean, really, it's like seven in the morning on church day. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. I don't even want to be. I sit down in my seat. <laughs> don't talk to me. Can you make this call? I don't feel. I feel sick. I don't want to. What you'll do, you'll blame that on somebody else. You won't say it's me, I'm sinning, it's, it's wrong, I'm a terrible person. You won't say that. But my mom and dad, before I went out here, I preached on preacher my wife. She beat me up before I left the house. I'm just having a tough time. Did I hit a nerve? I'm sorry. Trying to find a way to hurt someone else's child because yours was hurt? See, show you how out of control that so many people are. All I got to do is mention certain subjects, and you're gone from here. You're not even thinking along with me right now. The devil in the world has taught you to, as soon as I hear that word, that incident, that. I go right to there and I can't get out of it. So, the rest of the service, you miss out on what God has for you because you refuse to get past that point. If someone disagrees with a suggestion you've made, you challenge them, you pout, or bring up their past. That's not kind, that's not courteous, and certainly not cheerful. I get the picture, you've heard this illustration before. All of us are in the same boat. We're all rowing in the same direction. But you got a problem. So to teach everybody else, you start boring holes in the bottom of the boat. to Teach everybody. In case you didn't catch on with that, you're going down too. Okay? What does that mean? It's deep. Uh, this is what people do they will destroy their own church because they got hurt. And then they'll go around and tell about how much they love the church. People do this with spouses. Children do it with their parents. They attack their parents. They gossip about their parents. They say bad things to their parents. And as they get older, they go, you know, I've always loved my mom and dad. You got a funny way of showing it. And the thing is, if we had this in our life, this brotherly kindness thing, we would be courteous, Cheerful that look cheerful? Probably looks like that uh, monster on uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? When it got all his teeth out. <laughs> you're going to teach them a lesson so you drill holes in the bottom of the boat you're in. People do that in their marriage. I'll teach them. You do understand what you're doing, right? No, you don't, or you wouldn't do it. Right. Children with their parents. They're already struggling, having a hard time, so you get an attitude. First of all, may I reiterate, that wouldn't work in my house. i got enough problems without you. It's kind of, I take the attitude of my mom. You were an accident, and I really don't care for you to begin with. (laughs) You thought you had it tough growing up. Common, courtesy, kindness, cheerfulness. You are not being courteous or kind when you talk to a parent about the problems in school and during church time. And we're getting pizza tonight, honey. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Um, Do you understand what I said? I tell people all the time, don't talk business in here. Don't bring your problems in here. Well, that's the only time I get to see them. I really don't care. You do not talk about school problems to parents. Look, it's all they can do to afford it there anyway. Kids whine about it all the time. I don't know why we have to do this, why we have to wear that, why can't we do this? So the parents are already putting up with that. They're putting up with the finances. And then you want to catch them. Let me give you an illustration. When my oldest son was in school, he was going out to Licking County Christian Academy. There was a very nice teacher there. And um, (laughs) Matt was in fourth grade, I think. And we used to have to drive him out there all the time, so it was a long distance. Well, they were having a guest speaker, and I don't know who, I think it was Tom Malone or somebody went out there to hear And his teacher was in the choir. And we were just looking around and our eyes locked. I knew what she was going to do. She's going to come to me, first chance she gets, and talk to me about my son. Sure enough, handshaking time. Am I ringing any bells? Handshaking. By the way, I have a bill for you and I need to talk to you about your children. What are you doing? You said, if I don't talk to him then. So the only time you do talk to him, it's bad news. That ought to go over big. And so she came to me and she said, oh, I'm so glad you're here tonight. And I said, oh, okay, that's wonderful. I need to talk to you about your son. Right in the middle of handshaking during a revival. It's not the right thing. to. was not courteous. Nothing cheerful about it. As far as I was concerned, it wasn't very kind. Now she could probably say this. Well, I thought you needed to know the truth then you couldn't tell me the truth any other time write a letter <laughs> put it in the mail who knows if I'd ever get it right <laughs> business differences changes and so forth most a thought or an emotion is what causes you to open your mouth it's not wisdom it's not bible it's emotion or a passing thought and it just comes out and was a Why'd you say that? Nah, I probably shouldn't have done that, should I? Well, it'd be nice to have you thought about that before you did that. It's like texting. Did any of you really read your texts before you send them? You're supposed to, but here's the Siri, tell them I'll be there late. And what it came across is Siri, tell them they're fat and I'll be their son. <laughs> oh, that's not what I meant. You already sent it. She's making up stuff about what you just said. I don't know who that person is, but they're not. Do, that's why I don't do that. I tried it. What did I do? Was that today? No, I didn't try today. I tried to figure it out today, and I didn't. So, anyway, I text, and the first thing I do is because I learned early, I go back and read it. I use punctuations. Oh, yeah. Yep. Lots of exclamation points but because you don't know what those mean, it did not mean anything to you. Uh, is it my wife whistling? Is it time for me to leave? What? She's whistling for me. Come here. Who's that, Mike? Who, now you all pointing at each other. What a good fundamentalist we turned out to be. It would help tremendously if we'd realize, ready, we all go to the same church. We all are part of the same body of Christ. We all have the same Savior. We're all, if we're saved, going to the same heaven. And yet at times we act like it doesn't matter how I treat you, what you think, because I'm going to heaven anyway. I am not how to break the news today. I'm going too. You're going to see people you just told off in heaven. Is that what you're gonna do? Wonder how that's gonna work. I don't know if that <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I better go straighten that now, haven't I? Uh, kindness, being courteous, just just being kind to people. Just being kind. Quit being so selfish. I got a lot to do. Uh, okay, all right. But there's other people around you that you could be nice to. Everywhere around here, everywhere. <laughs> Brother Cutting's son came out. He walks out and he sees. It wasn't me. Who did he see? Oh, his babysitter. Um, uh, 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 which one? You're the one. And I'm looking at him. I'm going like this. He walks right by me. He didn't look at me. I thought what a little creep. And uh, <laughs> walks right on by. And she goes, "There's Pastor Bell. I'm standing right in front of the kid." She has to make him turn and look at him. So then all of a sudden he looks at me and I make a face at him. He starts to smile and he goes, she says, shake hands. I said, no, that's good. We're, <laughs> we're good. So she takes his hand, wipes it off, attempts to shake hands, and so he does it again. <laughs> I thought, you got to be kidding me. What's mad these people? What a place we're going to have in a few years. That being said, If we as adults don't begin to add these things to our lives, how are we going to teach the next generation? Don't dress that way. Don't look that way. Don't drink that. Not against that. How about do this, do that. Here's what God wants. Here's the way we're supposed to act. You know, Paul doesn't say any place necessarily where it says, teach them not to, but he says be teachers of good things. Good things, right things, just things, lawful things, right? That's what we should be teaching also. So I'll tell you what I think. I think our church is going through a great trial right now. I do. Uh, A lot of things that I know about individual people and families and and the church overall, even our finances, I, I think, is an attack on our church to see what we're willing to do when those kind of hard times come. You know what most people do? selfish because we need to make it haven't you always made it but we get used to easy don't we, I do I love sitting out on my deck and watching the flat they're finally growing they're not dying anymore so I like to do that and then I get to think about how much work I have to do because everything's growing but if it's not one thing it's another, so life's not worth it do you understand something There's nothing wrong with you taking time. How you doing? Good. Without being nosy. So what's going on at your house? Ready? None of your business. But you can say it kind. It's none of your business. (laughs) Can't you do it that way? Right? You don't have to make people hate you. You're in trouble already. You already got enough problems. Brotherly kindness. That which binds us together over that which is common Courtesy, cheerfulness, and whatever the other one was. You don't even remember, do you? Way to memorize, fellas. Uh, but anyway, that's what we need to do. I think we have a great place. I think we have a lot of good people. Some of you, eh, But, and here's what he said. I know he's talking about me. Oh, please. Okay. Let's talk about Brother Usher. But See, he's got those big shoulders. He can take it. You know what he always said? He said, I don't believe that about you. He'd always say that. You never do anything wrong. You always do everything right. And I went, Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that's his attitude towards things. Think he was born that way? It's a learned behavior. You can learn it too. But you've got to get over making excuses for why you do what you already do. That's just the way I am. What a lousy excuse for not being able to do what God said you can do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this.